0: But I want to tell you something else that pleases God. And I'm going to ask you to join with me in doing what pleases God. In uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, it says this. First of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men. For kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This... This is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. So you know what's good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, that we would right now stop and pray for President Biden, our new president, pray for Kamala Harris, our new vice president, pray for the Senate, pray for the House of Representatives, pray that they would come together, that somehow even in the midst of differences that unity could happen, And that we could watch our leaders be given the wisdom that God wants them to have to tackle the corona crisis, to tackle the economic crisis, to help us overcome the hatred and the division in this country. And that we would be a nation that while we may disagree, we would be together in the area of justice and unity. And that all men who are created equal would be able to find a pursuit of happiness. Let's pray for our leaders right now. Father, I pray right now for our new president, President Biden. Uh, I actually pray for President Trump, who uh, probably tonight is having to, to really have a lot of different emotions about leaving office and, and, and wondering what life holds for him in the future. So we pray you'd be with him. And I also, though, go back to President Biden and pray that you would give him and Vice President Harris an amazing wisdom that comes from you to lead our nation and lead it well, to lead us so that we could be more united, to lead us so that injustice would be taken away, to lead us so that we would see people's rights protected, to lead us so that those who are honored and should be honored get honor, to lead us so that we're not a nation with fear, but a nation, Lord, of hope. And I pray, God, that you would help them come together so that we could see an end of the coronavirus crisis, the economic crisis, the educational crisis, and a crisis even in mental health in this nation. And may we, may we get through this day. May we begin to flourish again. And uh, may your hand be upon us. And may the church rise up. And this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you know what we are? We're talking about the whole idea of how to be a disciple of Christ, how to genuinely live out what it means to be a disciple, what it means to really live for God. But some people, some people feel like it's way too hard to be a Christian. Some people feel like it's impossible to be a disciple of Christ. And yet that's not true. That's not true if you trust God. That's not true if you would allow God to take hold of you and to carry you through. And that's what I want you to see right now is that while it is not easy to be a Christian, it's not impossible to be a Christian. It's not impossible to to follow God, to commit your life to his will and his ways. And God wants you to know that and God wants you to be a part of that. It reminds me, by the way, of a guy who was a photographer and he was standing on a cliff And he was taking pictures of the incredible valley that laid laid out before him. And then all of a sudden it happened. Uh, It had rained the night before. And so where he was standing wasn't all that stable and definitely wasn't that solid. And his feet began to give way and the ground gave way. And he goes sliding over this cliff. It's a hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet drop. His camera goes tumbling, crashing at the bottom, almost for sure broken. And he grabs hold of her, uh, uh, roots of a tree. And he's dangling there by these roots. And if he lets go or his hands give way, he will crash to a certain death. So he's hanging there. He's desperate. And he cries out, is there anybody up there who can help me? There's no answer. And he cries again, is there anybody up there who can help me? Still no answer. And then he finally screams out, God. God, help me. And the Lord answers. And God says, I will. And he goes, God, is that you? And God said, It is. And he said, God, help me. And the Lord says, Let go of the branches. And he holds on for a second <laughs> and he says, Is there anybody else out there who can help me? (laughs) Okay, I I, I believe it online. You're laughing. Uh, Put it in the chat. Come on, that's funny. But here's what else it is. It's actually true. It's not only funny. It's actually true. See, some of you guys right now, let me just get really honest. You're holding on to something, maybe even for dear life, thinking that somehow it will make your life better. Thinking somehow it'll finally provide happiness. Thinking somehow it's what will give meaning to your life. But what you're holding on to is never going to work. And eventually you're going to slip. Eventually you're going to give way. Eventually it's not going to be enough. You know what God is saying to you? Let go. Let go. God saying, let go. One of my favorite phrases I love is let go and let God. Uh, we have a college girl here at our church who suffered an incredible disappointment. By the way, very, very unfair. And it was broadcast out on social media. And she said this. She said, I've learned to just let go and let God. I was so proud of her. I was proud of her for hanging on to God and letting God hang on to her in such a desperate and difficult time. So right now, what I want you to know is the only way to really live the Christian life is to trust God so completely, listen to this, to trust God so completely that you'll let go and you'll, you'll just commit yourself to him, commit yourself to his will, his ways, which are found in his word, that you'll really live out that commitment. God wants you to do that. See, what it all comes down to do is this. Do you trust God? Do you trust God? And I want you to think about that before we go too quickly away from that. Right this moment, right this second, would you say, you know what? I do. I I trust the Lord. And so sometimes when I read the Bible and I'm not sure that that would work, I would rather do it God's way than my way. I would definitely rather do it God's way than the world's way. But I want to warn you about something. That while it's not impossible to be a Christian, while it's not impossible to be a disciple of Christ, it is definitely not easy. It is not the easy life. It is not the easy way. There's a cost to being a disciple. There's a cost to following Christ. By the way, in these last days, and in the times we live in now, it may be more even, I actually, I'll say this, I believe it's more difficult now than it was five years ago and 10 years ago. And I'm not saying it's going to get easier. What I'm telling you is it's worth it and it's possible, but it's definitely not easy. Uh, To come to Christ, to to belong to Jesus, you have to do three things. Number one, you have to deny self. That's not easy. You have to die to self. (laughs) Death is never easy. And the third thing is you've got to follow him completely and faithfully. Jesus said those three things have to be true if you want to be his disciple. And here's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verses 23 to 26. He said, he was saying to them all, he's saying it to you, he's saying it to me. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must. Now I want you to look on the screen. He must. In other words, there's no way around this. There's no other way you could go. You can't kind of do this. It's a must. He must deny himself and Take up his cross daily and follow me. You must deny self, take up the cross daily, which means die to self, and you die to yourself daily. And uh, then third is you must follow him. You must follow him. And then Jesus goes on to say this. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever wishes to lose his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. For what is it profit in a man if he gains the whole world? And loses or forfeits his soul. What if tonight you had the winning lottery ticket? $850 million. I want to tell you that in the end, that won't save your soul. You'll be my friend. I mean, you'd really be... No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Okay, I got laughs here. (laughs) But here's the point. That won't save your soul. There's something more valuable, something more precious, something more important than that winning lottery ticket. And what is it? It's Jesus. Following Jesus, being a disciple of Jesus. And Jesus goes on to say in verse 26, "Uh, whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the son of man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and the glory of the father and of the holy angels. So think about it. Jesus wants you to follow him, but he said to everybody, not just to some, he said to all, he said to all, he said to you, he said to me, that you must deny self, you must die to self, and you must follow me completely and faithfully. That's what Jesus said. So to be a disciple, this is a non-negotiable. It's a must. And if you trust God, it's doable, but you got to trust him. Another word for that is you got to have faith in him. And so you can't just go halfway. You can't just go uh, part of the way. Matter of fact, I, I was sharing this and some people asked me about it. I, I love the Mandalorian show. Anybody else out there, if it is, put it in the chat. Uh, a bunch of people here love it. Uh, but here's the point. They, they have this, this line that they quote and I, just, I get chills when they quote it. They say, this is the way. This is the way. Now, the reason that gives me chills is because that's what the church was initially called. They didn't call each other Christians. They called each other people who belong to the way. People who are a part of the way. People who are members of the way. In Acts chapter 9, 1 and 2, they're called the way. In Acts 19, 9, they're called the way. In Acts 19, 23, they're called the way. Where did the word Christian come from? It came from other people seeing how we live. And, and they began to call us this Christian, meaning one who belongs to Christ. That's the word Christian means. To be a Christian, you have to belong to Christ. To belong to Christ, you have to deny self, die to self, and follow Jesus completely and faithfully. And so we need to be people who live according to the way of Christ. And so that's what great calling is. That's God's calling for you. And it's not for everyone. I want it for you. I want you to experience it because it's the greatest life you could ever live. But this is not for everybody. Sad to say Jesus told us something and I found it to be all too true. It's for the few, not for the many. It's for the minority, not for the majority. It's for those who are willing to commit completely, not for those who are lukewarm, half-hearted, and halfway. Because in the end, you're only fooling yourself. And if Jesus isn't Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And so Jesus calls us to something bigger and better. And while it's hard, it's hard to live this life. It's the best life you could ever live. And that's what makes it even better. And it's not impossible. The Holy Spirit will give you the power to live this. Jesus will show you the way to live this. This is the way. (laughs) Okay, I can't. I really like that phrase. And God the Father, as a loving Father, will empower you, carry you, guide you, and pick you up when you're having hard times or when you stumble. But the way, the way is there. And the way can be, can be yours. The way can be yours. It could be your, your marriage. It could be your friendships. It could be your family. It could be completely yours. But you've got to be someone who's denies self, dies to self, and follows completely and faithfully. Denying self means I put Jesus' needs, Jesus' values, Jesus' priorities above my own. Denying self means I, I show love and respect and care to others. Denying self means I serve. If I'm going to be the husband Jesus calls for me to be, I have to put Pam ahead of me. I have to serve Pam. I have to put Pam's happiness ahead of mine, her needs ahead of mine. By the way, Pam's watching this right now. Pam, in the chat, tell everybody amen. <laughs> you want me? You want? By the way, you want me to do that. Why would Pam want me to do that? Because she's selfish. No, not really. <laughs> I'm glad you're watching online and not here. No, Pam's not selfish. You know why Pam would want that? Because Pam loves Jesus, and Pam wants me to love Jesus. Pam, my wife, is for real in her walk with Jesus. And she knows that if I'm going to be for real in my walk with Christ, that one of the things that must be true of me and our marriage is that I put Pam's needs ahead of mine. I put Pam's happiness ahead of mine that I deny myself so that I can serve her. And by the way, I want to tell you, as someone who's done that with this amazing woman, for all these years, the blessing, the blessing is worth the price you pay. It's worth the cost. And by the way, Pam, I know you know I was joking, but let me say flat out, man, I love being married to a woman who does the same thing because your walk with God is so real. And see, here's the one I, I want to tell you is God is telling you that while the way may not be easy, it's not too difficult. I want to have you re- watch this verse, read this passage with me. In Deuteronomy 30, 11, it says, for this commandment, All the things God's calling for you and I to do. By the way, notice to God, they're commandments and not suggestions. (laughs) And if you're gonna be a Christian, they're commandments and not suggestions. For this commandment, which I command you today, is not too difficult for you, nor is it out of reach. In other words, it's not too hard. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will go up to heaven for us to get it for us and make us hear it, that we may observe it. Are you ready for this? Even though Jesus was in heaven and came down, God said, what I'm calling for you to do is not so hard that you'd have to go to heaven to find the few who could do it. People on earth today are living it. I'm in a church today that is filled with people who are genuinely living out what it means to be a disciple of Christ, a part of the way. So he said this, you don't have to go to heaven to find somebody who did it. And then it says this, nor is it beyond the sea, that you should say who will cross the sea for us to get it, to get it for us and make us hear it that we may observe it. Um, One of the things that I would love for you to do, let me just be as clear as I can. I would love for every one of you to be able to do this more than once. And that is go on what we call a global outreach trip. It could be in the United States. uh, It could be through anywhere throughout the world. Uh, We in particular focus on certain places. We have trips to Kenya, which I just talked about, which will change your life. Uh, we have a trip to Palestine and the Holy Land, which will change your life. We have a Nepal. Oh my goodness. Uh, Tim Roberts, who was leading worship just a few minutes ago. Um, he, he's talked about how Nepal changed his life, being in Nepal. Uh, we have Mexico. Where? Thailand. Thailand. Okay, Tracy, thank you. By the way, there are people here who help me, and I love it. Thailand, and Cambodia too, right? And, and, and you could help stop sex trafficking. By the way, I mean really help stop it. And you could help children find a way out of poverty. In Cambodia, where there's a brick factory now that we've got the owners to agree to let the children go to school. Or in Kenya, where the, the whole area, the slum area, cheers on what we get to do for those children. And now an outlying area of, of Kenya called Altarot where girls were being made into child brides, marrying extremely, extremely older men. And now they've stopped that practice because we'll give them an education. And my dream is that every one of you would join me in going from time to time, maybe like every other year, or every three years. And here's why. Because you'll cross the sea and you're going to meet amazing Christians. But let me give you a warning. Almost every time we do these trips, uh, we'll go over there and we'll, we'll meet Christians in Palestine who are being persecuted. We'll go over there and we'll meet Christians uh, uh, in Kenya who are living in extreme poverty but could not have more joy and more faith. Or going to Nepal and going to the most outreach areas you could imagine and meeting Christians. And the temptation would be able to say, wow, their faith is more vibrant than ours. Their faith has more integrity than ours. Their faith is more real than ours. And I want to tell you, it's not. God says this, while you can cross the sea to meet Christians who are living it, you don't have to cross the sea to meet Christians who are living it. As a matter of fact, you just got to come to Crossroads or go to one of the many other churches throughout this amazing country uh, in the area you live. There are Christians all over even here who are genuinely living the faith, who are genuinely denying self, dying to self, and completely following Jesus and his ways. And I want to tell you, God says... You could just look around you and find out it's not that hard. Why? Because there's people all around you who are living it. Then in verse 14, it says this, but the word, the word that causes you to live this, the word that makes the difference, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. But the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may observe it. It's right there for you. And God said, I want it to be so much a part of you, it's in your mouth and you speak it. I want it to be in your heart and then out of the abundance of the heart, you speak the word. And I want it to be something that you live, something you live. Paul quoted this passage I just read to you in Romans chapter 10, verse eight, and he calls it the word of faith passage. The word of faith passage is, I live my life according to God's word, and it's not too hard. It may not be easy, but it's not that hard. It is livable. It is something you can do. It is something that can be true for you. So God calls for us to make the choice back in Deuteronomy. And let's go back to Deuteronomy. And and he says this in verse 15. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity And death and adversity. By the way, before we go on, which one do you want? Do you want life and prosperity? I want that. I vote. That's what I vote for. Or do you want death and adversity, which too many people are choosing? They're holding on to that branch instead of letting go and letting God. Verse 16 says... I've said all this before you and that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you were entering to possess it. But, but, don't miss this. But if your heart turns away and you will not obey, but are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, By the way, and there are lots of other God's people even in this country are serving. A God of materialism, a God of nationalism. We're watching that right now. The idolatry of nationalism instead of the faithful following of Jesus Christ. The idolatry of sexuality and sexual immorality. There's lots of God's people serve. But he said, if you're drawn away and you go to serve them, he said, I declare to you today, verse 18, that you shall surely perish. You will not prolong your days in the land where you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess it. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. That you've, I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. And listen to what God says. God says, so choose life in order that you may live. You and your descendants, by loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice, by holding fast to him, for this is your life and the length of your days, that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. God says, choose the right way. Choose to let go and trust me. Choose to deny self, and you're going to be so much happier. Choose. Choose. To die to self, and you'll live in life and prosperity. In that wild, you actually will find life by dying to self. Choose to follow me and my ways completely and faithfully. No holding back, completely committed, exactly what God wants for you. Choose that choose that. That's what he says. And by the way, God says, I'll help you in that. I'm going to make sure that is something you're able to do and something you're able to live in. He said, I'm not going to hang you out to dry. I'm going to give you the ability and the power to make it happen. And by the way, there are three ways or three reasons you can really live out what it means to be a disciple. Number one, if you're motivated by love, number one, you're motivated by love. Uh, If you have love, you can do amazing things. It's not that hard. Uh, It's interesting. Love has power like you can't imagine. Uh, True story that happened. Uh, There was a a woman, an older woman, whose son had come to be with her a little while. He was in the military, and he's in between places he was going to be going. So he came to stay with his mom. And that night, he went out into the garage to work on the car for her. And he put the jack up, and he's laying underneath the car, and he accidentally hits the jack, and the car falls on him. She hears this loud crash. She throws open the garage door. He can't even cry out in pain because the car is laying on him, all the weight of this car. And she runs over, uh, thinking, I got to call 911. But before she knew it, true story, she lifted the car off her son. And he pulled his way out, and he looked at his mom, and she let it down. And he's like, how did you do that? He's badly injured, so they finally call the ambulance. And when the, the ambulance gets there, they look at her, and they hear the story how this wonder, this older woman lifted the car off her son. And one of the guys said, how did you do it? And listen to what she said. She said, it's not that hard. It wasn't that hard. She just did it. Why? She was empowered by love. She was empowered by love. Love can give you power like you can't imagine. Uh, another story I, I'll never forget because I was in Alaska when it happened. Uh, a couple was out in the, the way upper parts of the north of Alaska, and her the husband and the wife were hiking, and a polar bear, polar bears are huge, polar bears are fast, polar bears are stronger than you can imagine, jumped the husband. He's mauling the husband And the wife runs over and beats on the bear and scares it off. (laughs) It runs away. Her husband was injured, but she saved his life. And when people heard and said, you beat up a polar bear? And her answer was, well, it's not that hard. He had my husband. And I wasn't about to let that bear hurt my husband. And you know what? It's not that hard when you're filled with love. You see, being a Christian, being a person who follows the way, this is the way. You know what? It's not that hard when you love Jesus. It's worth it. And while there are difficult times, the Lord's love is what carries you through. First John 5, 3 says this. It says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. This is the love of God. What is the love of God? That I keep his commandments. That I deny self, die to self, and completely follow him and faithfully follow him. This is the commandment of God. So this is the love of God that I keep his commandments. Then it goes on to say this, and his commandments are not burdensome. In other words, it's not like, oh man, I have to pray? No, I want to pray. Oh, man, I got to be in the read the Bible every day. Oh, my goodness. I love reading the Bible every day. I, I have a hard time stopping, not starting. I, I, I want to tell you, spending time with God and in intentional intimacy, which we talked about and we'll talk about more, reading his word, seeking him, loving him and, and experiencing time with him. It just flies by when you love God. By the way, that's how it is with my wife, Pam. I love Pam. And whenever Pam and I get time together, it flies by. We got to go away on vacation to Orlando last week. And guess what? It it was like, bam, it's over. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And with Pam, there's never a dull moment. And I never go, oh, bummer, I got to spend time with Pam. (laughs) I never say that about my grandkids. I never go, oh, man, I got to be around those kids. They're so energetic. They're so full of life. They love me so much. They want to hug me. What a drag. No, it's not a burden when you love and it's not a burden when I love Jesus. So I never go, oh, what a bummer. I got a tithe to the Lord. I, I, I want to tithe to God. I know Jesus loves it. Matthew 23, 23, he says that uh, you should tithe. Yes, uh, Matthew 6, 21, Jesus said where your treasure is. Your heart is also, I genuinely get excited to tie to the Lord because I love him. It's not too hard. It's not too hard. It's not too hard to love people in the name of Jesus. It's not too hard to serve him. Uh, it's not too hard to go and do ministry with others. It's a joy because of love. So it's not too hard when you love the Lord. And so that's what I want you to think about is do you have this passionate, passionate love for the Lord. Listen to what Paul prayed in in Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. He said, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. For this reason, I pray. What's the reason he prays? From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that, I pray this, that you'd be strengthened with the Holy Spirit, so that, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Man, I I pray that, by the way, for you. If you're part of our Crossroads family, I I pray it for you and God knows who you are and that I'm praying that for you. I may not know your name, but I know you're part of the family. God knows I'm praying for you that you would be filled with the love of God, that you would know the surpassing greatness of the love of God. And when that happens and you know God's love and you have love for God, then you want to live this life. You want to follow him. You want to be with him in everything. That's what we do. And it all starts with love. It all starts with love. John 14, 21 says, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and disclose myself to him. That's an incredible promise that I know is true. That if I love the Lord and keep his commandments, he reveals himself to me. He reveals his voice to me. He reveals his presence to me. He reveals his power to me. He reveals his promises to me. And I don't wonder about his presence and power. I experience it because I love him and keep his commandments. John 13, 34 and 35 says, A new commandment I give to you that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. One of the reasons I love our Crossroads family is because I love our Crossroads family. Now, now, stop there. Ready? I love our Crossroads family. Uh, We're not a building, and by the way, when the COVID crisis hit, we didn't care about buildings. We cared about the family. So Lauren's back there. I love her. I know she knows that. Uh, Tracy, I love her, and I know she knows that. Tim Roberts, I kind of love. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, Tim's an eight on the Enneagram. That's where unconditional love comes in. (laughs) Okay, that was funny, guys. That was funny. Okay, no, I genuinely... I loved him like a son. I'm so proud of the man he is, the pastor he is, the leader he is, the husband he is, the father he is, the way he cares for people. Um, I could not be more proud of that young guy. Um, and the way he lives out the faith. Um, and you know what? I, I love our family. I love our family. By the way, I want us to connect together. That's one reason. You got to connect with us because I want to tell you, this is a church family and, and we want to make sure you're connected and known and, and we find ways to, to know, have you know God's love through us and have us know God's love through you. So that's what it's all about. And we need to live that out and we need to commit to that and we need to be a part of that. So it's not that hard when you love God. Ready? Number two, it's not that hard when the Holy Spirit empowers us. It's not that hard when the Holy Spirit empowers us. See, you could be a real Christian because it's not by your power. It's not by might nor by power. It's by the Spirit of the Lord. So in Ephesians 5.32, it says this, We are as witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God is given to those who, listen to the last part, obey Him. Jesus said, If you love me, you'll obey my commandments. If you obey me, I will give you the Holy Spirit. If you obey me, I will fill you with the Holy Spirit. If you obey me, I will empower you by the Holy Spirit. Second Timothy 1:7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity or fear, but a power and love and discipline. Now, why did I read that verse? You ready? Because when you have the Holy Spirit, you're not afraid you'll fail in being a Christian. You're not afraid it's too hard. You're not afraid you can't do it. I just want to caution some of you about that because I do care. Sometimes I'll challenge people to be in the Word every day and they're like, gosh, I don't know if I can do it. What if I fail? Come on, don't start with I fail, I can't. Start with, you know what, with my God I can. With my God I can. And go for it. And if you fumble, stumble or fall, God's going to pick you up. The Holy Spirit will carry you through. And you will know the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Think about that. See, I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We did a whole series on how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and I want you to experience that. Experience the whole power of what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, Paul knew and lived this way. In Colossians 1:28 and 29. It says, we proclaim him, Jesus. We proclaim Jesus, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works in me. See, I want you to know the power of God working in you mightily. Not like, oh, it's kind of there. I want the power of the Spirit in you. I want the moving of the Spirit in you. I want that for you. By the way, the Bible says that's what you're supposed to be living in. So it's not that hard when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not that hard to live this life when that's true. And while it may not be easy, when you're motivated by love and they're powered by the Holy Spirit, and the third thing, you get this God-strength provided to you. God provides the strength. So you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, but God provides the strength. And you could be a real Christian because God will give you the strength. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 and 9 says this. Concerning this, concerning living in a tough situation, concerning living in a time of pain, I implored the Lord three times that it may, may leave me. And he, God, said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so the power of Christ may dwell in me. So the power of Christ may dwell in me. Let me just say it as clearly as I can. It's not too hard when God has given you the strength, when the Holy Spirit's given you the power, and when you're motivated by love. And those three things I want to be true for you. So are they true of you? Are you someone who is committed to denying self and putting Jesus first and serving others? Are you committed to dying to self, to dying to all those things that in the end aren't good for you? Are you committed to completely following and trusting in Jesus? And so if you're hanging on to something right now, are you ready to let go? And are you ready to let God? Some of you right now, this is a let go moment. You need to let go and you need to let God have you and your heart and your life completely. And it all begins by actually telling him, yes, I want this. Yes, I want to be yours. And what I'm going to do is ask you to do this if you're ready to commit yourself to Jesus, if you're ready to follow Jesus completely, if you're ready to let go and let God, I want you to let us know that that's true for you. And I want you to text amen into us right now. You can see the number on the screen. Text amen, text amen. And then we're gonna get back to you. We're gonna help you. We're gonna connect with you. So I'm gonna ask you to pray a prayer of commitment with me. But I'm right now, wanna tell you, It is so vital and so important that you let us know you're doing this, that you're committing to this, that you're not holding back by texting amen. But let's go to God in prayer. Father, I pray right now for any man or woman or guy or girl or couple or group of friends that need to open their hearts to you and commit their life to you. This life is amazing. It's not easy, it's not easy to take up the cross, it's not easy to deny self, but what we reap, what we harvest, what we experience is so incredible that it's beyond imagination. And I pray right now for anybody who needs to say, you know what, no more holding back, no more being halfway, no more living in mediocrity or failure. Now it's time to be yours, Lord, and yours completely. I pray for people to say yes to you. So right now, if that's you, I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me. You may be praying it for the first time or to recommit. Uh, you may be praying it with friends. You may be pay- praying it even alone, although you're not alone We're with you. You may be praying it as a couple. Some of you as couples, you need to pray this prayer and now put your relationship right in the hands of God. Completely committed to Him. And if that's you, then I'm gonna ask you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me. And I know you died on the cross for me and you died for my sins. I pray you'd forgive me and cleanse me from all my sin. I pray you'd heal me from hurt and pain. I pray you'd free me from anything or anyone that's holding me down or holding me back. But most of all, I pray you'd make me yours. I pray you'd make me alive. And I pray you'd make me brand new. Some of you, you gotta be brand new. Say, God, I'm going to let go and I'm going to let you take my life. Say that. God, I'm going to let go and I'm going to let you take my life. And this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen if you pray that prayer. I am so excited for you. Uh, People here are excited for you. And you know what? The angels in heaven are rejoicing over you. That's what the Bible teaches. But make sure, make sure, don't hold back. Don't hold off. Text amen right now. Let us know of your commitment. Let us connect with you. We want to send you a free book uh, that is an incredible book called The Purpose Driven Life. We want to send you a free copy of that. So when you text in, we're going to get back to you so we can send that to you. And then we're going to show you a lot of things you could do to have the amazing Christian life be yours. But I'll tell you, we want it for you. And God wants it for you. So it's yours. It's yours if you want it.